How you doing, Jason? Oh man, uh, better now. Better now. Oh, same. Good conversation. After that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Pena. Get in the room with a like-minded person yeah. like that. We could just talk all day long. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I love that he talks about deliverance. Yeah. And deliverance culture, deliverance ministry, principalities, yep. powers, demons, and yep. all that kind of stuff. And just bring, like, totally drops it, drop kicks it on its head as <laughs> being uh, a part of the finished work and, yeah. and being a joyful thing to see people delivered from yeah. oppression. Yeah. We started with the goodness of God, which is where you, as Jesus reveals, he also talked about the prophetic some right. subjects that we haven't uh, haven't jumped into or haven't talked deeply on uh, we got to dive into with him uh, from a place of union from a finished work uh, perspective uh, and man how refreshing is that when the goodness of God is the foundation and union is what we're talking about and then you talk about strongholds and uh, warfare supernatural warfare or you talk about the prophetic it was a it was a like you said, uh, conversation that could have gone on. Uh, most yeah. of them do, but this one was fun. Yeah, for real. And uh, Ryan has uh, already professed that he himself has joined the Facebook group. So Ryan's going to be <laughs> on there uh, helping resource people with some yeah. great stuff that could help them on their journey of having Jesus revealed to you in a greater way. Uh, but if you haven't joined the Facebook group and you're listening to this podcast, hey, why not? What, what prevents you from and clicking join? We would love right. to have you be a part of the group. It's become a very safe lighthouse of drawing people to a greater revelation of the love of God and, uh, and the hope of, of the gospel, the hope of the kingdom. Yeah, and it is Rethinking God with Tacos. If you're looking for it, that's the title, Rethinking God with Tacos on Facebook. You can also sign up on a familystory.org for our mailing list. We keep you up to speed on the podcast and we uh, share articles and books or events that are coming up. We've been talking about we do worldwide zoom calls with our talk community. Uh, Those are, those are fun. We break out into smaller groups, get to know one another better. Um, But also you can click that give button at a family story. You can do that.org. And, uh, and, and donate if you feel like you want to connect on a deeper level with what, what Jason and I are doing, then, uh, man, we'd love to have your generosity fuel the propagation of this podcast to a lot more ears. So, uh, thank you for those that give, uh, it, it helps us get this message out and uh you know no arm twisting or sob stories just let joy lead you (laughs) if joy (laughs) is leading you to pull out your you know your credit card and say hey i want to donate to that then by all means don't stop we're we're honored i'm honored we're honored uh that you all partner with us in that way we are listener supported and very grateful if you're in charlotte river river charlotte.com uh, we meet Saturday nights and uh, would love to have you there. Uh, Derek is uh, uh, is is um, a fire hose. On, and we've had some incredible times. Love what hey, God's doing there. You're on the teaching team, bro. You and Karen are on <laughs> yeah. the teaching team along with me and Sarah and a few others. And uh, we've got a lot of voices in our church that are um, just hitting this from every angle that yeah. God is good. 
and uh, Jesus is perfect theology. That's it. That's it. And and my wife is a, is a, one of the uh, children's pastors, and uh, and we actually talked uh, with Ryan about some of the things that they were doing with their kids. That's right. Uh, uh, when he was coming into the goodness of God, that I actually thought I need to make a mental note and let my wife. They were really good. Let my wife know about it. They're really good ideas. So. Uh, that's a good segue into us uh, reminding you that you're listening to a podcast where we interview Ryan Pena. Yeah. And it's fire. I think enjoy you're going to enjoy it. it. Ryan Pena, it's good that you're here. Uh, good good connecting with you uh, before we hit record, man. Some of the connections we have, uh, Carlos Padilla being chief among them. He highlighted you when I was up in Omaha uh, this summer with him and Beth and the kingdom there, their church. And uh, man, he can't, couldn't speak highly, more highly of you. And I got to know you a little bit and, and t- told Derek about you. And uh, we, we we're excited to get you on the podcast, man. I mean, I think there's a whole lot of other connections there. We were talking about early on Bethel. And I imagine there's other folks that we, we, we don't even know about. But bro, it's so good to have you here. Um, would love to have you introduce yourself a little bit to the tacos community <laughs> yeah appreciate it man it's an honor yeah. to be with you guys and uh, appreciate the opportunity and yeah uh, thank you lord for carlos i'm a kingdom <laughs> connector there right yeah and you too <laughs> so yeah so let's see i'll start off with a little bit of some background my my dad has been pastoring or, or ministry but mostly pastoring for about 40 years now and pastors here in san antonio texas and which is where i was born and raised uh, my my mom, uh, she's she's gone on to be with the Lord now. You know she's passed on, yeah. but uh, mm. she she was a San Antonio police officer. Wow. So I had a pastor and a police officer as my parents. <laughs> I tell people, man, I couldn't get away with anything, you know. And uh, and so uh, you know it's interesting. My my upbringing as far as like church and denomination and all of that, uh, we were considered non denominational. Did you lose but, him? Yeah. There? Yeah. Are you uh, there? Yeah, he's uh he cut off. We just oh. lost the signal. He I think he's still oh, going. There you, are. there you are. Oh sorry about You're, that, guys. I don't know. Uh we lost you with uh the church. You're... Yeah. So much of my upbringing, you know, as far as in my dad's church and all of that, you know, we were considered non-denominational, but there was a lot of heavy uh, I would say, you know, some charismatic, some Pentecostal, yeah. right? So we had a lot of, I remember, I remember my dad's first message. All right. So uh-huh. uh, it, we, we were in this little community center and it was, I mean, I don't know why this sticks out to me, but it was some verse from, I think Psalms or Proverbs that says, happy is he who keeps the law. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> like, oh yeah. man, we've come a long way from there. And, uh, and so, so much of my upbringing was, you know, in how do you, how do you get God on your side? You know, you got to do good. You got to obey. You you got to do all these things. It was a lot of performance-based Christianity. Yeah. yeah. And it was interesting because right around the year, so I, I graduate from high school in 93. I, I go, I, I'm supposed, I was actually signed up to go to UTSA here in San Antonio to do sports medicine and all of that. And I just feel this thing like, 
I don't even know if such a thing exists, but I feel like I'm supposed to go to some kind of Bible school, Bible <laughs> college. I, and I asked my dad and he says, yeah, there's a Bible college here in San Antonio, a four-year Bible college. So I go, I do the four years and 96, uh, we have a, a really strong outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit in my dad's church. Would this have been and, Toronto Vineyard connected kind of? You know, it was happening around the same time as a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. We didn't have any connections with anybody. That was like when Pensacola, uh, yeah. the revival Rodney down there Howard in Brownsville. Brown. Yep. Yep. All that was going on. We didn't have any connections with any of that. In fact, the funny thing was my dad went with a few of the professors from the Bible college I was going to. They actually went down to Brownsville just to go check it out. Uh -huh. And when he left and went down there, something broke out here. Wow. Cool. And it was it was this, I mean, incredible time. I mean, we had little children, uh, kids and children that were seeing angels, uh, that were that were experiencing the prophetic. Yeah. People would come through. I mean, we'd have people throughout the whole day because we have a school here uh, where we have uh, right now it's up, it's K five to fifth. I think it was to third at that time, third grade. And we'd have people throughout the day just randomly come in like, I need, I need help. I need ministry. Yeah. And so we would take them to the kids class and we'd sit the kids around them and they'd start prophesying. I mean, people were just weeping, crying and, and encountering God in such a powerful way. Yeah. So right around 2000, so I've, I've gone to Bible college for four years. I've been doing ministry at my dad's church. I was doing the youth ministry and all of that. And right around the year 2000, I have this encounter with the Lord where the Lord says to me, I'm about to redefine everything you think, you know, <laughs> and I, I should have caught on to the, you think, you know, everything sure. you think, you know, yeah. and he said, uh, I'm going to redefine what you call Christianity, what you call. And he, I mean, he went down this list, um, revival, spiritual warfare, uh, prophetic, yeah, uh, Christianity. Everything that you call those things, I'm going to redefine. Intercession, prayer, worship, and hey, I mean, I thought I knew some stuff, man. I'm in my early <laughs> 20s. I've gone to Bible college. You know, I, I I think I had all my theology in a perfect box. You know what I'm talking sure. about? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, so that was right around the year 2000. And he said this to me. He said, um, you know, the verse in Hebrews that he is the author and the finisher of our, our faith. faith, right? Yeah. He said, I'm supposed to be the author of your faith. Hmm. He said, but there have been pages written in your heart that I didn't author. Wow. He said, things that you believe that I don't believe. <laughs> he said, so I'm going to have to rewrite some of the pages and then some I'm just going to completely tear out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And Burn them. I have, Burn them I've up. been on that journey. Yeah. For 23 years, I've been on that journey. Wow. And, and it all began with just the revelation that he really is good. Yeah. And then from there, everything went <laughs> down the rabbit hole, so to speak. My goodness. So that's a little introduction there. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure either Derek or I'll, I'll jump in first, but um, I mean, this is rethinking God with tacos. The premise being that he's good and he's better than our last best thought about him. And, and yeah. so it's it's redefining what repenting is as a joyous experience of realigning with how he thinks, moves, and has his being, who he truly is, and how he truly perceives us and our neighbor and our More. family. And um, I, I we were talking before you got on, and 
and I, I find it interesting. Uh, we've commented on it before, you know, one of the biggest shifts in my life. I have had God speak to me that clearly, um, or maybe a little more mystery. He seemed to be very clear with you. The way he said it to me is I'm, I'm going into hiding and removing all your friends. <laughs> that was how he said it to me. <laughs> but that was the same journey. On the other side of that, he tore out a whole lot of pages and and reauthored some things. Oh my goodness, thank you. He did. Yeah. But um before even that that's that the 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 start of that journey was I was I'm so thankful for Bill Johnson and Bethel. I, I as we were talking before, I, I got that book uh, When Heaven Invades Earth, um just before tw almost twenty years ago, just before a missions trip to the Philippines. And I remember I was halfway, I started on the plane, got halfway through it, and I was reading, and it, I had a repent moment, and it was around the goodness of God, mm. and, and Jesus has perfect theology, of course, Jesus yes. revealing what the goodness of God looks like, and, and, the, and the goodness of God being good, uh, um, not, not having to do mental gymnastics around the goodness of God, not having to break my back around protecting some theology of separation and then having mm. to suggest that he's good. Uh, that was the beginning of this most beautiful salvation experience uh, leading up to that conversation. Yeah. I, I, I think you've probably, Carlos spoke very highly of your teaching ability and and uh, said we could go anywhere but i would love for you to tell me what maybe what's the rethinking thing right now that's burning in you i'd love to have you speak about the prophetic uh, i want to put a pin in that unless you want to go there now because it's there's been so many things and derek and i do this all the time we're rethinking so many things you know we've we're, we're rethinking our understanding of hell in the context of a love that never leaves us. We're rethinking how we approach yeah. scripture as being inspired, but not inerrant in the way that we were taught, you know, all the mm -hmm. ways that mm -hmm. the goodness of God uh, arrests us. I, I would love at some point for you to talk about the prophetic in the context of union, in the context of his goodness. Um, yeah. But if there's something burning in you that you're like, man, this is what I, I, I'm sitting across the coffee table right now. And this is what I got to tell you. Uh, wherever you want to go, man. But um, I can yes and amen you all day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it was interesting. One of the things that the Lord had, so sometimes it's <clears throat> it's just super clear like that, right? Like when he said, I'm about to redefine everything you think you know. And, and one of the things that he had um, dropped in my heart for this year, for 2023, he said to me, this would have been October 2022. He said, there's going to be a re-emphasis on deliverance in 2023. All right. But it's going to have to be, he said, but you're going to have to put it in a right context. And because how many, you know, it's, it's like, uh, how many times have we seen that something comes up, you know, a major whether it's teaching, doctrine, theology, whatever, emphasis, movement. Yeah. And and it's it's still up from an old mindset though. It's from an old model. And and what I began to realize was he he said to me, he said, deliverance is not a battle with demons. It's a shifting of agreement. Love it. Yeah. Love it. He said, because, because it has to come down to, he said, you know, spiritual warfare really is all about truth and lies. Yeah. And, and I used to be huge into teaching all the, the spiritual warfare, intercession, deliverance stuff back in the day. 
And what I tell people, I was using pre-cross models, pre-cross thinking yep. to try to bring some kind of instruction for today. And it's like, man, friends, we got to realize the cross changed everything. Yeah. Everything is different on this side of the cross. And so I had a lot of BC teachings, <laughs> a lot of BC, you know, I'm pulling from Daniel 10, 21 days. And, and so we got to contend and we've got to try to, and it's exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> and so I began to realize, he, he said, you know, it's all about a shifting of agreement. Yeah. You know, shifting from uh, coming into alignment with truth. And we focus so much on, at least in my experience, strongholds as a demonic thing, strongholds as something dark. And, but when you look at 2 Corinthians 10, when it describes strongholds, which the, the Greek there, the word for stronghold simply means a fortified place, right? A fortified yeah. place. Yeah. <clears throat> And when you look at the Greek there, it's, it's, everything is about thinking. Yeah. And specifically Paul says there, cause he said, he says, listen, we're, we're dealing with these strongholds. And then he defines them right around verse five, second Corinthians 10, five. And he says that these strongholds are basically any calculation, any reckoning or reasoning or conclusion thought process that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. <laughs> In other yeah. words, any way that I think that I raise up above what God thinks. Yeah. And that was huge for me, man, because, oh, my goodness, that was. And what I realized, the emphasis on this side of the cross is not focused on demonic strongholds. It's focused on strongholds of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Be because I, I can build a fortified place of truth in my thinking. That actually gets me to to come into alignment with the way God believes, right? So, so that's my that's my thing. Is like, do I believe about God what God believes about Himself? Do I believe about me what God believes about me? Yeah. Do I believe about others what God believes about them? Good. Do I believe about the future, <laughs> right? The present and yeah, the future, the way yeah. God believes about it, and according to Scripture, He's pretty hopeful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's got a lot of hope for the future, you know. <laughs> I could dive in, but go for it, Derek. I got yeah, some. no. Uh Ryan, I'm I'm glad you brought this topic up of deliverance, demons, principalities, powers, mights, dominions, uh all all the things. Because uh I, I grew up in a culture where I don't know if you're familiar with Sam and Jane Whaley, but uh they actually came out here to North Carolina. They were from Oklahoma. But they came out here to North Carolina and ended up having this compound in, mm. you know, North Carolina that was focused on, you know, demons throwing up in buckets, um, abusing people physically to mm. literally beat the hell out of them and the devil mm -hmm. out of them and, you know, the freedom. And people were so desperate to be free from these these things that were keeping them back that they would they would subscribe to this and um i mean it ended up in a in a <clears throat> uh 2020 investigation uh oh. charges and arrests for child abuse <clears throat> um and uh and i was i was very close to that not that i was out there while we were in north carolina but 
my uh, my buddy and I, we dated. <laughs> now now I'm exposing myself. Uh, Sam and Jane Whaley's daughter. My my buddy dated her, and then I dated uh, her best friend, which this is was a long time ago from her. This is Tulsa, Oklahoma okay. uh, slash nineteen. <laughs> Uh, probably 1980, yeah, I, 86. But I mean, it was the height of that whole uh, demonology. You got to throw the devil, mm -hmm. devil up out of you, like physically, you know, manifest. Mm -hmm. And yep. and it was so focused on all these things. And I mean, I I'm so resonating with what you're talking about in terms of these repentance moments where we begin to change our minds and align ourselves with mm. the truth. And the more we align ourselves with the truth, uh, the more the lies are disempowered. It's like Bill Johnson yes. says, you know, if you believe a lie, you empower the liar. Um, mm -hmm. Well, the opposite is true. If you believe the truth, you empower the truth and Jesus is the truth. And so, you know, it, it takes the, uh, the mystery and the weirdness out of it. Uh, I love that God gave you a heads up and <laughs> he said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, change everything you think about. You think you know about me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's great that he gave you a heads up. He, I, he didn't give all of it, the rest of us a heads up, but it, but the result was the same. And, and um, I love how we're, we're rethinking all of these areas of kingdom citizenry. What does it mean to be a citizen of the kingdom? Uh, and I've, I've told my congregation this so many times through several election cycles now in terms of like, look, look, you're a kingdom citizen. You sit at a much higher spectrum than right and left. And if yeah. all your hope is in who the next president is, then, you, yeah, it's you're hopeless. It's going to be yeah. hopeless. That's not where the answer lies. True. So um, I like the future thinking <laughs> where... Uh, it's way more positive than you could possibly imagine. So why not get on that, get on that bandwagon now? And yeah. uh, I, I want to hear a little bit about the school that you help serve and lead. Mm -hmm. Tell me about uh, about this this school that's happening and that you're helping to uh, to serve. Yeah. So one of the friends uh, in common, I think, that we have is Dub Alexander. And Dub has served in the in the United Nations um, as a uh, as someone who's giving input, you know, to different heads of state, nations, you know, leaders. So he's he's had some influence there. And one of the things that he did through counsel from uh, a spiritual father of his was to start a school like, hey, you know, this is great, Dub, you know. But would you would you rather I think the question proposed to him was, would you rather sit with a king daily or raise up thousands who sit with kings daily? Hmm. And he was like, man, I'm all about influence and impact. So so he started the school. I think we're maybe in our fifth year, I believe, <clears throat> School of Kingdom. It's all online. It's all it's all an online uh, school. And so. It's, a, it's two years, and basically, we're taking people through, I mean, God is good, you know, righteousness, consciousness, what is the kingdom, uh, you know, how, what is your place in the kingdom, like citizenship, what does that look like? And, and the idea, part of the idea, religion, this is a statement that we say quite a bit, you know, religion 
isolates, but the kingdom infiltrates. And not in a not in a, a like controlling way. I, I personally have have issue with some of the kingdom teachings that are basically we need to try to get to the top and control and dominate from the top down. Right. Yeah, I think the yeah, kingdom seven, seven mountains kind of stuff. Right. I, I think the I think the essence of it is true in the yeah. sense of influencing society. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's I, I don't think Jesus' way is domination though. No. <laughs> I, we confuse dominion with domination. So for me, when he talks about dominion in Genesis, right, have dominion and all of that, uh, to me, that's not about trying to dominate. That is provide solutions. Yeah, right. Bring solutions. Uh, so I, I say domin uh, dominion is governing solutions, right, strategies that we're bringing. Because there's two sides of the fault that people don't often, you know, Romans 1 and Romans 8 give the two aspects of what happened at the fall. One is that the the thinking, the, the mind and the heart of man became darkened. That's Romans 1. And then in Romans 8, it says that that creation was subjected to what took place. So basically what happens in the fall is you have broken systems. The broken system of thinking, yeah. the broken system of seeing God, right? We're, yeah. we're looking through broken lenses now after the fall. Yeah. We can't get a clear picture of God. Yeah. The, the one that Adam was walking with, now he's running from. Uh, and and, and yeah. we're not seeing God changing in there, we're, we're, right? We're, we're seeing Adam's the one hiding and shameful and guilt and, and all of these things. And fear, it's the first time fear enters into the relationship. Yeah. Yeah which is interesting. Fear yeah. of the Lord comes in after the fall. But anyway, that's a different topic. But, <laughs> but, but then you have the other side of things, which is all the broken systems that humanity has experienced. War, racism, poverty, hatred, jealousy, all these things that come in from the fall. Yeah. And so, so Jesus comes in to restore our thinking, restore our perception, bring us back to, to truth. So that now we can come over here to this side where the broken systems are yeah, and begin to bring the solutions of God to education, to government, mm -hmm. to, to yeah. whatever sphere, right? But I don't, I think it's more, I mean, this is the way Jesus is, is explaining it in the gospels. I didn't come to dominate everybody. Yeah. I came yeah. to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I came to serve well, and, and it's through that service the model, of love. The model changed. is a little more like, uh, the introduction of leaven that, you know, it, yes. it leavens the whole loaf, but it's the introduction yes. of, Hey, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to create, create all these little different influencers that begin to come in and bring, bring out the God colors of the world, which is what Eugene Peterson talks about. And, um, and so that, you know, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, the you know the school of the kingdom is all about. Um, and I know our yeah. our listeners are going to be like, "Wait, how can I be a part of this this school of the kingdom?" It, give them real quick. Give me what the uh, what the website is. Schoolofkingdom.com. <laughs> and schoolofkingdom.com. Right, we've got a new class that's boarding on in January, and uh, so we'll you know January and August are the two time frames for people to get in. And that's where they can go to schoolofkingdom.com. And it's, you know, to me, for, for everything that's happening right now in society, I love what you mentioned about the leaven. Because he says that Jesus says in Matthew 13, the kingdom is like leaven that goes into the lump of dough and it raises the, the kingdom 
is not a us versus them. Yeah. Right. And and that's where I was for so many years. Sure. But what I love is it doesn't say that the leaven raises the Christian parts of right. the dough or the moral parts. The kingdom is designed to to bring all society, all humanity into a higher into a higher life, yeah. right? Into, into greater living, yep. in, into what God designed. And it's that goodness. It's the goodness of his kingdom that brings people into the mindset change to say, man, who is this God? Yeah. He is too good to be true. <laughs> I want more of that. Yeah. It's the kindness. It's only an encounter with kindness that leads us to change the way we think. Come on. I love that, man. I, um, I, there's a few things that I was hanging on to as you were talking, um, but I'm going to go back to, um, you know, what took place in the garden was essentially the separation, uh, this idea of separation that I didn't have language for that and um, didn't realize I was even raised in that, that dualistic us or them uh, narrative that uh, you were constantly having to hurdle Every time the goodness of God was preached, you were having to hurdle uh, sin counting, sin conscious focus. And so you would think about the bread and you would think that, you know, uh, it's only the Christian, you know, you would think in a moralistic way. Um, and then Jesus comes and he reveals union even before the cross. Yeah. And he reveals, by the way, what dominion looks like by laying his life down. It's a, he reveals what sovereignty looks like and it's, and it's father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It's God yeah. in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It's this upside down kingdom, which is the language I think I was given through some of those from Bethel over the years. Mm. It's the mm. invitation into a relational understanding of the kingdom. It's a kingdom that is family. It's why the ministry that we have is called a family story. It's, you'll know the phrase, if it isn't, if it isn't family, it isn't kingdom. It brings a relational aspect to what, what, um, what evangelism looks like, which is what you're talking about. It's about, it's about loving your neighbor as you love yourself. It's about being convinced in his love. It's about being convinced that you are his favorite, as John says, the one that he loves. You, yeah. you said this, you, um, you talked about our righteousness. I think that's a big thing because for me, the big shift, I, I wrote a book called Prone to Love. It was the aha moment. It was capturing um, the, the, the idea that the father actually didn't look away at the cross. And that was a seminal mm. thing to learn for me 12, 13 years ago. I mean, it was, the, it was the last hurdle that I needed to be able to realize, oh my goodness, it was never a father who looked away. It was always a God in Christ. It was always a Trinity yeah. embracing humanity and inviting us into the same union. When I, when I did that, mm. the second piece was then I, I, I began, one of the first things that uh, dominoes that tumbled was original sin and the idea that original sin didn't even originate in the mind of man the idea that it was an idea that came from outside a foreign invader uh, and and so the i i wrote a book called prone to love but you're talking about your school i i understand why you would start there uh, and i understand how important that is when when you talk about uh, the super when you talk about strongholds 
uh, if you're if you're fighting a stronghold from lack, and I grew up in the charismatic church where desperation was the high watermark of spiritual maturity. So the first Same. the first <laughs> thing that he had to deal with was I don't want desperate kids. I didn't create you prone to wander. I didn't create you in lack. I created you as my most beloved. I created you as having more than enough. And I don't want you following around singing I'm desperate for you. I get it. And we can yeah. do that. But I've actually invited you into the uh, I have given you everything I have. Everything I have is yours. And man, the yes. shift of seeing my, discovering him and then seeing myself from that place. Could you speak a little bit of, because this is what I'm getting at. Um, I, when, when, when dealing with strongholds, once upon a time, you had to pray and fast. Now I know that uh, when you turn a light on, there's, it's not a battle. You don't have to, the light doesn't have to do push-ups. You don't have to bootstrap it. Love doesn't have to do push-ups before love changes the culture, if that makes sense. And so suddenly there's an ease to discovering who he is and who I am. And if I just walk in the room confident in his affection and who I am, uh, we're not doing battle in the way that we used to think about it. And we're not prophesying in the way that we used to think about it. I, I, I don't know if, if, if there's any yes and in there that you want to jump on, but uh, I love that original sure. righteousness that you were talking about. Yeah, there's so much in that. I, you know, I got on a preach. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. I love it. And, you, you know, my wife and I, we, we pastored a church for 11 years on a different side of town and uh, from 08, 2008 to 2019. And that was where a lot of my journey took, I would say, like, like not only understanding, upgraded in understanding, but also finding language. Yeah, that's right. And that was that was super important because, yeah. I, I mean, there were things in me that I I, I would try to explain. And I'm like, this is not <laughs> how do I how do I do this? So so the language and understanding really began to help or really began to come in between that time frame, especially 08 to 2010. That time yeah. frame, uh, time frame there was huge for me. But the thing that I began to realize, you know, I grew up in. Like if you're not preaching hard uh, against sin, yeah, and you're not preaching hard about hell, yeah, then you've watered the gospel, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I came to the conclusion. I mean, when I look at Paul's writings, and I, I thought, listen, if you're not preaching hard about the finished work and the righteousness of Come God, on. then you've watered the you've watered down the gospel. Come on. Because that's the gospel, you know, Romans yeah. really is the gospel yeah, of Paul. It. And so here's what I realized. The more that I began to, to share on the goodness and unchangeable <laughs> goodness and love of the Father, and, and the identity of what does that mean? Because everything came down to these four things for me. It was, who is God? Who are yeah. you? What have you been given and what are you supposed to do with so it? So good. I just called them the four pillars, yeah. right? Well, who is God? Well, well, God is good. Jesus is the model. We had these in, we had these banners all along where we where we yeah. gathered. Uh, it was a constant reminder. And and it was awesome. I mean, even our children's ministry, I told our worship team and our children's, you know, people, all, youth, everybody, all the directors, listen, we if we have any curriculum or songs that are contrary to to these things. We either got to change them or get rid yeah. of them yeah. or write our own new stuff. Yeah. So our, our children's ministry, they, 
they started um, <laughs> they started doing their own their own uh, curriculum. So one of them was on pillar two. Who are you? Love it. Right. You, you are the righteousness yeah. of God in Christ Jesus. And it's not your fault. Right? <laughs> and you'll get it. it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. And so this was this was so cool. Our our children, they they would do every quarter, they would do a pillar party. And so Sunday morning, they took the lead. They did songs, they did skits, they did all these different things to to share with the congregation what they learned in that quarter about one of those pillars. Yeah. And so, man, I remember one time it was on it was on identity. It was on 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 righteousness. You're a new creation, yeah. Yeah. right? So you know what they did? This was brilliant. They brought in a one of those old school popcorn machines, and they started doing the popcorn, handing it out. And here's what they said: They said, "You see this kernel, and you see this popped corn. If you could take this popped corn and put it back in the kernel, then you can go back to what you used to be." <laughs> There you go. I got to remember that one for my <laughs> these wife. These kids. Yeah. These kids are like brilliant. And so. Totally brilliant. Yeah. Love, love it. it. I, don't I know was like, this is amazing. And, uh, but you know what I realized? The more we preached on those things, we had a Sozo team. We had a Sozo ministry, right? Because um, yeah. a lot of people were doing that. The more we preached on identity and the goodness of God, Sozo wasn't getting as many appointments. <laughs> We, we weren't seeing people throwing up and deliverance and all that crazy. We weren't, people were shifting their mindset and in, and they were building strongholds of truth yeah. where, right. where the lies could not, could not have any activity anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's to me where the gospel, the, the essence of the gospel is, is who is God? Who are you? What have you been given? And then what do you do yeah. with it? How, how do I, how do I, you know, expand the, or, or how do I share the love of the Father with people around me and, and see solutions and strategies? Yeah. I'll tell you, it grieves me that the church has become so hopeless when we've right. had more faith for an antichrist than we've had Come for on. the true Christ. Yeah. <laughs> when we have more faith for tribulation than for victory. <laughs> I, I've got a problem, you know, <laughs> with a lot of those mindsets. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, man, we I could speak to a lot of that, but, you know. But uh, the you mentioned also about the original sin versus original righteousness. The essence of the gospel in Jesus's parables is Luke fifteen. It's the the lost sheep, yeah. the lost coin, and the lost yeah. son. I mean, that was huge for me when I when I realized that because he's defend he, he's actually defending his relationship with sinners to the religious. Yeah. And he gives those parables. Yeah. And what I began to realize is that sheep could never have been lost unless it first belonged. So good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that the the coin was first owned, right? First belonged. And when it was lost, it didn't be it, if it was a silver coin, it didn't become a bronze yeah. coin. Didn't lose its value. It never lost its it value. Never, never lost its value. Never. And even when the son was eating with pigs, he was still a son. Yeah. And yeah. it was remembering how good his father's house yep. was that brought him back. It wasn't the fear of punishment. It wasn't the fear of what it's happens, kindness. you know, tomorrow. It was the kindness yep. of his father that led him yeah. back. And, and, you know, there's a, I think there's an overlooked aspect of those three parables. 
and I think it's the older brother. <laughs> yeah, come right? on, man. I think it's the older brother. Because, you know, that's really, I think, the the religious deception. I think a lot of people relate to the younger. Yeah, I went out there and did all my thing. Man, I could relate more to the older yeah. brother who served the father but never experienced the goodness yeah. that was in the yeah. house. Yeah. You know, because he, he says, why are you throwing, where, where's, where's this, all this joy coming from? <laughs> this is way too joyful. Yeah. The older brother was joy impaired, yeah. right? And uh, which is usually religion, yeah. the fruit of religion. Yeah. And, and he used and that saying, phrase hey, slaving. He actually used the phrase. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's where to me, it's like, man, I relate to that guy yeah. in my journey, sure. in my, in my yeah. history more so. I mean, yeah, I've done, you know, we've all done the dumb stuff, right? But Man, I've been here slaving yep. away. I'm working. I'm I'm performing, and and I love what the father tells him. He says, Son, don't you know everything? <laughs> everything that I yeah. have, it's been yours this whole yeah. time, yeah. right? But you never accessed. It's all yeah. here. But that was that was something you didn't choose to look into or to access. And so I I just love I love the fact that Jesus is turning the religious mindset upside down and just demolishing it. And saying, you know what, all these things, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, they belonged. And not only that, man, there's a party when they come to truth. <laughs> and Heaven celebrates. You know, you know what I love about that story is, is you have a father running to a, a, a younger son, but then it leaves, it ends the story with the father hanging out with the older. He goes to the older mm. son just as he goes to the younger, and he st he's outside the party because love never leaves or forsakes you. He's like, I'll just, yes. I'm going to come to you too. Here, I'm trying to get you into the party, but I'll stand next to you while you salt and we'll figure this thing out together. It's come on, so good, go. man. Uh, Derek, um, I love doing this with you. Love uh, what God is doing uh, in and through our lives, the connection, the reconnection over these last years. Uh, what uh, the, the favor in life on on Rethinking God with Tacos, whether it's the Facebook group uh, or the Zoom calls and the, the ones we have in the future, just uh, life-giving and a, a fulfillment of the vision that I had nine years ago when we stepped away from pastoring full-time to start a Family Story Ministries. A Family Story Ministries was meant to create content catalytic for an encounter with the love of God. I mean, it was that simple. And, and, uh, and it was very empowering for me to then lean into writing, lean into obviously uh, speaking and teaching, uh, and, and led to the start of this podcast almost five years ago. A Family Story is a nonprofit, and it's, um, it's been uh, the home for, for me for nine years as we've leaned in. And so anyway, I, I just wanted to share a little bit about the, the beginning of A Family Story. And, and I remember you saying uh coming out of covid that hey guys we started a podcast and you you and sarah were one of our earliest guests yeah 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 and uh, and it definitely is content that is catalytic for an encounter with the love of god uh we've yeah. experienced that by joining forces together yeah uh, but i want i want all of our listeners to know that this is a listener funded podcast and uh rethinking god with tacos has kind of taken on a life of its own in the umbrella of a family story, but a family story is your livelihood, Jason. Um, <laughs> I, I get a salary from the church that I pastor, 
and uh, I, I donate my time and volunteer my time to do this. But I want everybody to know that uh, you can give to make Rethinking God with Tacos available to as many people as we can possibly make it available to. If, it, if this podcast has in any way uh, blessed you, helped shape your rethinking journey, and been a safe place to experience community on the Facebook page, then I, I invite you to, uh, to give. Not out of compulsion or arm twisting, no. but out of uh, out of joy and yeah. generosity. Uh, give into a family story, and you can do it at afamilystory.org. There's a giving function on there, and, and we invite you into partnership with us. That's a way that we can partner together to establish the kingdom of God through this podcast. Uh, and I love doing it with you, Jason. I really do. Yeah. yeah, same here, man. Thank you. So grateful uh, for those who have given and who, who bless us and, and have prayed for us and partnered with us over the years so love it love doing this with you and uh we'll uh we'll see y'all soon i mean i love i love what you're bringing out ryan i think there's so much uh so much dynamic going on in these parables that you mentioned we just went through them all as as a yeah. church here in charlotte uh, across mm. all our age groups. We did a little series called Like a Child and went through the parables of Jesus and taught them across every age group. Wow. And, um, you know, I was I was definitely a prodigal and pastor's kid that went as far gone as you can go. But then it's like the pendulum swung to the other side and I became the older brother. Mm. And, I mean, it wasn't until I started getting a hold of this teaching of inclusion and no more insiders, outsiders. When I when I started getting a hold of the truth about the goodness of God as extended to all mankind yeah. and Christ in you, the hope of glory, not just pertaining to those yeah, who said the on. prayer and did the baptism, but pertaining mm. to, you know, the reversal of what happened in Adam. <laughs> you know, how can what happened in yes. Adam be universal, but what happened in Christ be <laughs> limited? And those mm -hmm. questions started coming, and I and I I had a I have to credit this to someone else, but um, a friend of mine used the term that God God gave him a pharisectomy, and uh, <laughs> and man that that's what happened to me, bro. I'm telling you that's right hilarious. now, and it changed everything. When you get rid of that judgmental, uh, you know, angry, mm -hmm. who's in, who's out. Uh, of course, they are in. You know, they're always in. Um, because they did everything mm, right. Yeah. And, and Jesus, but Jesus loved them too. And and this is where yeah. I'm holding space and hope in my heart. I think, I think this is a part of, of bearing one another's burden, including bearing the other's burden of, you know, minimizing the effectiveness of the cross and the resurrection mm -hmm. and what Jesus has done by making it exclusive to only those who say the right things and do the right things. Um, I think that's what's that that's the lid that's being blown off of our yeah. our religious culture right now. Come on. And uh, and I'm th I'm thankful for it and I'm I'm positive about it. I feel like uh it's not just a revival, it's not a reformation. This is a restoration of original yeah. um inclusion and and what we would call, you know, universal reversal of Adam. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm making up words, it's good um, but I mean, I love what you I love what you say about language though, because we haven't, we haven't had the language to 
to deliver what's in our hearts. And that's what's coming as we have these conversations. Like Jason and I are talking about this all the time, because I think the most important thing is the, the development of new language that can capture the heart and the imagination of people who are, are needing to be awakened to the reality of, you know, Christ in them, the hope of glory. Yeah. And and the way that I think this language is developed is because love is the primary motivator in our lives. If we can live a life of loving everyone the most, doing what love would do, then then we begin to unravel and uncoil this language of heaven that can, you know, pe penetrate and melt the fear out of people's hearts so they can come to a realization of the the reality of their own acceptance. And, um, and, and I love the, I love that you guys are kind of systematizing this as a school, um, uh, because people sometimes need that structure. They need that time to say, Hey, I'm going to give myself to this period of time. How long is your school? Did you say it was two years long? There's a first and a second year. Yes. Okay. And then there's alumni after that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just talking about this with a friend and it's almost like these precious little seeds that have been planted in people's hearts need to be cultivated in a greenhouse environment. And so sometimes I think a school environment, even if it's an online school, it helps with that environment because, um, I mean, just to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of churches just flat aren't safe. They are not safe for you to come in and ask questions. Mm. Plus they're, you know, they're teaching, uh, what I would say is heresy that is anti-Christ. It's anti-gospel. Yeah. It's, you know, um, it's separation. And so, yeah. I, I'm just championing what you're doing, and and I would encourage our listeners, those that you know, need to have a space that they can be a part of, to to check out you guys' school. But yeah. kudos, man! I mean, you guys are doing great work. Uh, I, I just realized the Dub connection. Uh, we're actually going to be having Dub on here probably in the new year. Um, but uh, he and he and I had a small conversation just recently, and. I mean, that guy was prophesying over me within like 20 minutes of the conversation. I was like, <laughs> oh, I love this dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ryan, why don't, why don't you um, give us even, and, and our listeners, because I know, I know people are really curious about this, but in the rethinking process, there had to be some moments of doubt, some moments of like, man, I, am I wrong about this? Am I heading the wrong direction? What would you say to someone who's really kind of in the balance? And they, you know, they've been taught this religious mindset of performance-oriented, law-based relationship with God, but they're experiencing the freedom of this, but they're kind of caught in the middle. What, what would your your um, words be to to people like that? Because I know there's a lot of them that are listening yeah. to this podcast. I would say first, you're in a good place yeah. <clears throat> because yeah. what I what I learned is uh, if you're not wrestling with some of these things, you know, I, 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 I compare it to when, um, Jacob wrestled with, with the angel <clears throat> and, you know, he's wrestling and, and all of that. And I tell people, listen, that's what led to an identity shift in his life. He got a new yeah. name from there. Yeah. Right. And I said, there's going to be things that I present that at first you're going to be like, Whoa, wait, this too far yeah. <laughs> and wrestle with it. Because that's what I, I, that was the journey. I, I was, Lord, I don't understand that. How does that fit with this? Because all these, all these verses would pop up, right? Oh, what about that verse? And that, 
And, you know, as I began to look at some of those verses, I began to realize how they were taken out of context. Uh, there was different a different translation issue or there was a translation issue that it's like, wait a minute, that says something different than what I thought it said. And and I just give I gave myself time to go through the process of wrestling. And and I gave myself permission to say, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, they'd say, Ryan, what do you think about this? Well, right now, here's what I th here's what I'm thinking yeah. right now. And, uh, and, and, and because again, there could be a little tweak or, or something that, but there were some things I was like, man, I don't know yeah. about that. I'm still in process. And, and it was difficult for me because in, in my city, when I was going through a lot of this, you know, redefining process, like I said, Oh, eight, especially is when it really kicked in. And I didn't have anybody yeah. that I could yeah. sit down with. I didn't yeah, have another pastor or leader or friend here in San Antonio. I, I was on that journey yeah. alone. And I remember the days when I would say, I would just get frustrated. Lord, uh, you know, why can't I just, you know, have a regular gospel message? What's the problem? You know, <laughs> And I think part of it is one, there's something in our wiring that just can't settle for the, for the status quo when we've tasted something beyond. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I couldn't go yeah. back. We just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and I was like, okay, Lord, just give me the grace here because I feel like I'm alone, man. And, and I just, and I could feel, you know, Holy Spirit's the comforter for a reason, yeah. right? Cause there's some things he dropped in my, that Holy Spirit dropped in my heart that I was, that was very uncomfortable yeah. for me. And, and so I would just say, give yourself permission to go on the process. Um, the people that were with me on the journey, as we as we plowed through these mindsets and ways of thinking and and whatever, the conclusions they came to were so powerful and so deep. Versus the people who came in later, they heard our conclusion without going through our journey, mm -hmm. and it wasn't as as deep as you know, convincing, so to speak. So what I did was I just started saying, you know what, let's start off ground one. And I would just take people through what we believe and yeah. why and go through that. Boom, boom. And, and dignify their questions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's where, where it was helpful for us. We, we had a little bit of a community uh, as I began to, to see this begin to multiply in people's in people's hearts and minds, and they begin again. Everything was starting off with just God is yeah. good, and and we just took off yeah. from there. Um, but if you're wrestling with all of this, congratulations, you're in a good place. I, I love it. I uh, <laughs> we have a, a saying in our house. I don't know, but he's good. And you could add as Jesus defines him. And when you establish the goodness of God in your heart as Jesus defines him, it makes it makes those un those scary questions at least palpable. You can go, I can go ask these because I'm not going to leave his goodness. I, and I would say, I know the journey of being alone where I'd say, I am clinging to his goodness in the midst of my, of my lack of understanding. And, uh, and, and mm -hmm. that as Jesus revealed it, of course, at a cross being the most pivotal moment, greater love revealing it. Yeah. It, it guides your yeah. way. It guides you safely through those, those mysteries and the that yeah. was you know that was something bill johnson yeah. again i i, I got to give credit where it's due right in those early years yeah. 
where one of the statements that he made that helped me was he said, you know, of course, Jesus is perfect theology, yeah. right? And he said, anything that I see in scripture that, uh, you know, it puts a question mark on the goodness of God. He said, you know, I can't allow what I don't understand to have more weight than what's clearly revealed in the person That's of it. Jesus. Because yeah. uh, everybody would bring up sure, Job, yeah. right? Well, you know, or, or they bring up Moses or something, right? I said, listen, and now for me with Job, I mean, that was, that was an easy win. I mean, I began, you know, Job 40, God's like, everything your friends have said about yeah. me is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and Job's like, everything I've said about you is wrong. I heard of you at one time, but now I, I mean, we got a popular worship song. He gives yeah. and takes away. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I and, sing it now, I'm like, Job 40. he gives inside of who he is and he takes away the lies that I believe about him. That's how yeah. I sing it these days. Exactly. Yeah. Put it in the <laughs> yeah, right context. Right? The same way. I can justify yeah, all the things. Yeah. I can, I can yeah, reconcile I didn't used to it sing it that to. way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But that's, but that's, we get that from Job, right? And and even like where, you know, God made a deal with the devil. Actually, in the Hebrew, it says that the Lord says to, to the Satan there, right? To Satan, um, have you set yourself against my servant, Job? Yeah. It doesn't say, have you considered? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't know why they translate it. It doesn't say, have you considered my servant? It says, have you set yourself against yeah. Job? But anyway, the, the whole point was, is that there's about almost, you know, 38, 39 chapters there in the book of Job about God that God finally says in, in chapter 40, I don't agree with any of that right. about myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus, you know, but again, don't allow what you don't understand to have more weight than what's clearly that's revealed right. in Jesus. That's right. Well, that, that's a difficult proposition to people who worship their Bibles as the fourth member of the Trinity. Come on. And, and, and I'm, I mean, that just has to be plainly stated because, um, you know, I've, I've never appreciated and and uh digested the scriptures you know hebrew scriptures and the new testament and the letters and all the things i've never had more respect and and excitement about them since after i ditched the idea that the bible was infallible and inerrant and when i began to let jesus the word of god you know, I say this on the program all the time. I love the mm -hmm. word of God and I like my Bible too. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that changed everything for me. That's when I began to put a hundred percent of the weight of Jesus into the context of scripture and then let Jesus be my rabbi on the road to Emmaus. And I may not see him in every place in scripture, but I'm going to let him reveal to me what, what it looks like through his, not just his lens, but who he is. In revealing yeah. God, and yeah. um, and and that that's that's a game changer for how I relate to my Bible. And I'm actually more excited about my Bible than I ever was before. And I come from Word of Faith, bro. I'm talking Bible is everything. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, until you kind of begin to see the cracks in the fact that God let His kids tell His story, until He ultimately let His kid tell his story and i'm mm -hmm. gonna i'm gonna stick with the weightiness that's good there. of of jesus as being my my perfect theology and then it, and it's amazing how things come together it's amazing how you begin to redefine say the story of jonah or noah's art or you know the dude that tried to study the the ark of the covenant and got got killed these things begin to take on a whole new 
frame of mm-hmm. reference when you when you let Jesus yeah. tell the story about who God is. And yeah. I would dive. You you told the story about the Jacob wrestling the angel, and and I, even that has been reframed. I had an experience, and I don't share it very often, but in Bible college, back when I was uh, when desperation was the high water mark of spiritual maturity, as I understood it, uh, I was a part of a worship team. We would go out over the weekends. And uh, I stayed up all night one night, and I told God, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And it was one of those 22, 21, I'd have been 20 years old because it was before I was married. And I mean, it was a Jacob wrestled. I'd had a prophetic, I'd had people prophesy that over Jacob over me at times. And so that story was significant. And so all night weeping, calling out, I won't let you, I'm not going to bed, I'm not moving from the floor, you know. And uh, in the early hours of the morning, uh, my heavenly father came to me and he said, do you, you're not, you don't know what you're asking for. And uh, do you, are you sure you want this? And I said, yeah. I, I, I paused and I, I waited. And I, and it was weighty enough for me to pause and, I, and wait. And I said, yeah, I want this. And, uh, and, and of course, what happened was way different. And it's in hindsight, I look at it and I see Jesus telling the story. I was waiting for mm-hmm. God to ordain me the man he's going to tell me who i am and he's going to he's going to give me this significant calling that's what i was desperate for and i grew up in the context of the call of god you know and uh, the desperation of knowing how to walk under the call of god and instead uh, i can't explain it it was about it felt like an hour it was probably a minute of the most ex- excruciating emotional tr- pain I've ever experienced in my life. And I knew I was experiencing a thimbleful of what my heavenly father felt for the suffering of the world. And I wept, I was crying out. I was in so much agony in this moment. And, uh, and, and I, and I knew it was just, a, just a touch of what he felt. And, uh, and I was confused by it, discombobulated and in so much pain. And when I thought I'd die from the pain, suddenly I was in my father's lap. And, uh, and, and there was peace and I was, and then that was it. That was over. And, and I, as you were, as you were telling that story, I'd forgotten. I hadn't thought about it in, in many years. And I thought it's amazing. He was finding Jesus in me right there. He was, he was revealing the cross in that moment. Even though I didn't have language, he was giving me encounters and experiences. He was resetting my thinking, even in that moment to what cruciform love looks like. And, um, and, and it's funny because I'd, I'd started this off wanting to ask you to talk about the prophetic. Uh, so this is a setup for that question. Um, uh, we just had Baxter Kruger on. He said, a prophet is someone who preaches Jesus in you. And, uh, and you've yeah. shared that story and it was like a flash of memory. And because I'd been thinking in the context of wanting to ask you to talk about the prophetic in the context of cruciform love or in the context of union or the cross, I suddenly was back there realizing, oh my goodness, even then he was preaching Jesus in me. He was, he was speaking to that prophetic call on my life. If you want to call it that call, whatever, it's been all been redefined, but he was speaking to that as this, the picture of cruciform love and inviting me into his sufferings. Of course, at 20, I was looking for something elevated and he got me real low, right? But I, I, I would yeah, love yeah. if you, you can speak to any of that, but I would love because I know that you guys uh, coming from where you've come from, uh, you've rethought the prophetic. And I've looked at a lot of striving. I've looked at a lot. You know, I've also been in the meetings where I had I've had people prophesy that Mary a blonde. She's brunette. We've been married 28 years. So I've I've seen all of the other stuff, too. But I'd love for you to speak to the, to 
the preaching Jesus in you in the context of the prophetic. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's powerful too, your your experience there. <clears throat> um, I, I would say just to start off with as far as the prophetic, you know, all the all the old covenant prophets, they were pointing to something that was to come. And they were they were pointing to Messiah. They were pointing to the kingdom, right? They were they were pointing to you know a lot of that. And of course, they were speaking to things in their day and all of that. But I think on this side of the cross, the true prophetic ministry is actually pointing back to what Jesus accomplished Good. primarily. Um, we, we're, we're actually pointing to what did he fulfill? What did he do? And bringing application of that to, to uh, right now. And so in, in, uh, you have in Revelation 19.10, right? That the testimony, that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony yeah. of Jesus. It's pointing to him. It's Love pointing it. to what he has given you. And so have there been times where I've, I've received some, some specific things about people, you know, details about their life. Yeah. But none of that is what's yeah. important. Getting a person's name is not what's important. It's revealing to them the name above all names that's inside <laughs> of them. That's what's yeah, important, so you know? And, uh, and, and so, and then helping them to realize, you know, for me, I look at this, like, how can I help someone see more clearly what, what Christ has done for them in their life, in their call, in their assignment, love. in their place? Because everybody today is looking for love and they're looking for some, what, what am I here yeah. for? Purpose, Purpose. Yes. significance, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so I don't care who they are and they might, they might deny it, but they're all looking for love. They're all looking for community connection yeah. and, and they're all looking for our place. Why am I here? And I, and I believe that the prophetic in the right new covenant context can provide things to people that will help them see those, those solutions or those answers to what they're looking yeah. for. This is how loved you yeah. are. Right. This is how amazing the father sees you. And this is what God has put in your yeah. hands. And they're like, oh, my goodness, this is, you know. And, and so I, I like to compare like some people are like, well, how do I know if I'm hearing, you know, the, the prophetic in the right context? And I like to use Second Corinthians chapter three, yeah. where Paul is actually giving a distinction between the old covenant and the new covenant. And he says things like, you know, the old covenant was the, the, the letter that brought condemnation. So if you're hearing a prophetic, prophetic word, quote yeah. unquote, that's bringing condemnation, yeah. that's not a new covenant yeah, model. I love it. <laughs> right? He says, uh, this is crazy. I love this. He says that the, the new covenant, he says, is the ministry of righteousness. Yes. <laughs> right? He says the, the old covenant is the ministry of condemnation. The, the new covenant, it, prophetic... Then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually speaking to your identity. It's speaking to righteousness. It's confirming to you what Jesus has yes. done. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, he's, I think he says the ministry of death. It's, yeah. it's the, yep. yeah. <laughs> ministry of death, ministry of condemnation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and here was the other one. This was a big one for me when I began to, to unpack some of this years ago. He says that the old covenant was a fading glory. Mm. I always thought Moses covered his face because he was super humble. <laughs> you know? It actually says there in 2 Corinthians 
two, uh, three, he covered his face because he didn't want them to see that the glory was fading. Wow. Right. That's right. That's crazy. He didn't want the people to see that, hey, this glory is actually fading. So the old covenant is a fading glory. The new covenant is going from glory to glory, yeah. right? So I tell people, any prophetic word that sounds like a fading glory, it's going to get worse. World War Three is Come around on. the corner. It, it's, oh, you know, this is, Please. if it's a fading glory, my friend, you're prophesying from the wrong Love covenant. Yeah. Yes. God's not behind yeah. that. God's not supporting yeah. that. I <laughs> Love it. And you yeah, might I be agree. getting... Go ahead. I had this conversation recently with uh, with a really respected leader in the church, and uh, you know when they they were just like, "Yeah, no, it's it's never going to get better. It's never. I mean, the world's just going you know down." Da, 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 da. And I said, "Well, yeah, you know, it, it, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, you have to believe that ultimately love will win, and the kingdom will have have the way." of the kingdom. And he was like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand all that. I understand that. But that's like, you know, he, it, it just couldn't, couldn't come into the mindset of like, no, that's, that's literally how you should think about this right now, yeah. because you're, you're prophesying doom. Now I'll tell you what fear, punishment, condemnation does a lot yeah, to motivate get people in line to, but to, to give to yeah. the church and serve the church and, and keep the machine rolling. Transform though. But it never, it doesn't do any good to set people yeah. free. And look, I'm a pastor. This is what I do. Um, right. And yet I like, I have to, I have to see the shift yeah. toward kingdom citizenship yeah. and to identify yeah. with that higher than you identify as an American citizen. Look, I'm thankful for America. I've traveled the world extensively. You know, I've got 1.8 million miles on American airlines. And uh, in a former life, I, I traveled extensively and, and I'm so thankful for the country I live in, but I'm a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom and yeah. love is the law, the only law of this kingdom. Right. And so now, okay, now I'm just preaching. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just turn me loose, man. Beautiful. It's true. But I get so tired of the doom and yeah. gloom and, yeah. you know, thanks a lot. You know, Tim and Beverly LaHaye, we love you, but <laughs> yeah, it's we. Your stuff needs to be left behind. Well, All of the blood needs moon. to be. Left Let's talk about behind. blood moons. No, Ooh, sorry, blood sorry. Moon, yeah. <laughs> bro. But you know, it's funny. But it's it's crazy. We could write a book on the unconditional love of God, yeah. and nobody in charismania is going to buy. It. I know. I know exactly. Now we write a book on the impending. Uh, judgment yeah. of 2024 yeah. because of these signs and because of this. And, and we took these verses together and now they're, you want to know the judgment for 2024 and we would sell millions yeah. of copies. Yeah. And I mean, it's because the fear and I mean, religion yeah. is, is oh man, sells, people man. with Punish, so much fear. That, it sells. Yep. I lost yeah. you. And that's where, you know, <laughs> interrupted and it, lost it them. breaks my heart. He'll come back. No, no, it's good. It, it, it breaks my heart. Oh, are we back? There you are. Gotcha. I said, right. I said, separate. Right. I interrupted. Said separation cells. Sorry. You prof. <laughs> hey, you prophesied it, Jason. You prophesied that separation in that in that. Oh uh, man, I Wi-Fi. love what you're saying, man. I, I that fading glory uh, uh, is so helpful. Um, you know, I am I am so convinced uh, that love wins. 
Um, it makes a book, great book title as well, but I, I'm convinced regardless of book titles that love wins, uh, that, uh, God is in the uh, reconciliation business, that he's in the restoring business yeah. that I, I can't help, but believe, uh, that, um, he's in some way, shape or form working all things to good. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and I'm leaning yeah. into that. And so prophetic looks. There you yes. go with scripture again, Jason. <laughs> I just don't give the, I just don't give the addresses. <laughs> yeah, but here's yeah. here's the thing, though. You know, it's like decades ago, this theology of separation. Yeah. Right. Really, you know, it's like you see where it, it culminated decades ago, where the church basically said, "Hey, get out from among them." Be yep. separate and get out from yep. among them, right? And and so light removed itself yeah. from yeah. society. Yeah. And anytime light removes itself, you're going to see darkness, yeah. right? You're going to see darkness fill that void, fill that vacuum. Yeah. And and so what we did is we separated ourselves from society, and then we turned around and judged society. Yeah. And we said, "Oh, and you built see, our small little subcultures see... as well to support yes. our our." our you right, know, our arc. We built an arc. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's contrary to the kingdom. Yeah. The kingdom is not. Hey, light, get away from yeah. darkness. Salt, get away from decay. I tell people, if the future looks like decay, it's because the church isn't showing up. There you up. go. Come on, that's salt's great. not showing up. Yeah. If it looks like darkness, it's because light's not showing yeah. up. So the kingdom moves at the speed of God's people. That's good. Yeah. Right. And and so that's where the solutions. But if we think that society is the enemy, yeah. and that this world is still the you know under the prince of this world and what you know, the enemy was never called the prince of this world after yeah. the cross. Yeah. After the cross, Jesus says, "I have yeah. all authority." Right. So so this is really about how do we begin to to bring in the victory of Jesus where all humanity yeah. benefits from it, man. That's it's, it's, uh, and Bill, this is Bill again, and I'm thankful to Bill. Um, you know, he, he's, he made this statement, you know, in the old Testament, if you touched a leper, you were made unclean in the new Testament, you touched yeah. a leper, the lepers made clean, but we're still playing by that old Testament game. We're still telling the Noah's Ark story where we've gone off, built subcultures and wait for the impending storm and hope we can somehow survive it. And that's the game we play. It's called Christian culture. I, it's why I can't listen to Christian music it's it's the thing that uh uh that separation does uh and i am so yeah. profoundly thrilled at the awakening taking place uh to the goodness of god and our union and inclusion uh with him uh, it's good stuff yes. man it's so good it, it looks yeah. like we lost eric he'll be back um but we're rounding third because we've had you for over an hour I, I have a feeling we could do this uh, all day, um, and we've got to do it again. Derek, you there? No, we lost him. <laughs> He'll be back. But while we're, while we're sitting raptured. here, um, <laughs> I, I mean, man, I, I think we could do this all day. But let's, let's, let's shift gears because we haven't talked tacos. And, you know, this is oh. Rethinking God with Tacos. Part of the reason was um, I'm not much of an academic. I'm a relational theologian, a practical thinking fella. I'm right-brained. And so when we started to name it, I was like, man, let's not take this too serious. Uh, plus, man, yeah. tacos. 
<laughs> he's back we're talking tacos he's man. Back. i'm back for the tacos <laughs> i shifted gears on you while you were gone uh, <laughs> well hey and let me just say and brag on on ryan as we begin uh-huh. ryan's from san antonio uh-huh he knows a taco which boasts probably some of the best tacos on the planet no joke san antonio mm-hmm. is a legit taco haven um so ryan give it to us brother we need your best story <laughs> so i actually thought about <clears throat> a negative story come on because <laughs> like those and and fading in glory Antonio, brother I mean, fading yeah. glory fading glory <laughs> 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 uh, so now yes san antonio man we've got oh man tacos here i, I made tacos are one of my love come languages <laughs> all right uh but i remember we were doing a missionary trip in mexico and and so i thought man let's get some tacos right but i didn't like all the bell peppers and all that stuff you know i was you know 20s my 20s and i was like i don't want all that stuff so i told them i said just the meat right we have a little bit because i grew up in san antonio but i'm not fluent in spanish right i'm not and so i said just the meat so they bring me the plate and it's got the meat with all the bell peppers and the and the onions and all of that and i thought oh man and I said, I didn't, I, I didn't want, I didn't want those things. She's, oh, okay, okay. So they take the plate to the counter, and I just glance over there, and I see all the wait staff and the people that, and they're just picking everything out of my taco. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, and then they bring yeah. it back to me, and I was like, oh snap. So the moral of the story is just take your own stuff out of your tacos if you don't want it. Did you get sick? <laughs> because you never know. I did. I don't remember getting sick, man. I've had an I've got an iron stomach, you know, for for most part. Uh, but yeah, man, that was. I look that, back. That's I when thought, you douse it. You douse it in a virus destroying, you know, habanero, yeah. ghost pepper yeah. sauce, um, which is also back, that's my back, love language. Ooh, man, that. And back then, I probably I probably would have been like pleading the blood yeah, of Jesus yeah, yeah. over these over these tacos <laughs> right now. Deliverance. Uh, <laughs> I've got a Mexico story where I ate I ate something that uh, it was a fading glory for sure. Um, that's um, that's another maybe story for another day. But uh, I love that. Uh, how did it taste? It probably was tough because there'd you be know, fingers in your taco. Yeah, yeah. I had to probably mentally <laughs> overcome that and probably drink a lot of a lot of soda or something. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, how do folks find you? And then how do they find the school? Uh, anything that you want to talk about? Yeah. Is there any books you've worked on that I am unfamiliar with at this point, or anything you want to share about? <laughs> Many books that are in my computer. I know that. I know that. Have not I been that published. Journey, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, for School of Kingdom again, schoolofkingdom.com. If if people, I, I do different things as well. I, like I just did an intensive a couple months ago on rethinking deliverance through a kingdom, you know, model and all of that. So we do intensives like that on the prophetic, on discernment, like, what does that look like? You know, um, the Lord said to me a while back, uh, your discernment might be accurate, but it may not be truth. And I said, man, how does that, he says, you might accurately discern something, but what I say about it is actually the truth. That's good. I can discern, I might discern an addiction, but what does the father say about the person? That's so important, my friend, because... I've said it this way, and I think that's better. But of course, it is because God said it. But, but uh, I, 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 you know, you might see something and accurately discern it, but your interpretation is really important, and uh, you better get True. his interpretation on it because uh, 
You make mess. Yeah, otherwise. it's ca- it's calling out the gold. Yeah. It's calling out the gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mentality, yeah. which love I love. Uh, yeah. And so that's so. If if people want to find me, uh, it's so. This was a joke that I just turned into my website name. It's theryanpena.com. Like the so, Ohio State. When, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Double introduced me. Like it's the Ryan. Pena. <laughs> so we just kind of said, let's run with it. So it's theryanpena.com. And and that's where they could find some of our stuff there if they, well, they're interested yeah, in. It. I think you need a walk up song yeah. for that uh, web yeah, address. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do the voice. And, uh, of course, Jason Clark is. Yeah. Jason Clark I was is, say, that's mine. is along that same vein there. Um, <laughs> that's that's funny. That's it. Well, man, this has been a really sweet yeah. and amazing time. Thanks, yeah, Brian. I'm really excited to introduce, yeah, uh, we're bro. excited to introduce the, the uh, tacos community. Uh, those that don't know yeah. who you are. Uh, Ryan, have you joined, have you joined the tacos yeah, yeah. Facebook page yet? I we, did uh, yeah, a I've few seen, weeks ago. I've seen yeah, okay, right on. So, yeah, right on. I was, Feel free to uh, contribute and post your stuff yep. on there. I think that's the thing that's really helping people on the Facebook page is when they have more resources that they can dive into from sources like you. Yep. It uh, it helps them to to grow in their maturity of yep. of love and maturing uh, in love. Yeah, yeah. So thank yeah. you. Thanks for joining joining the Facebook page. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Hey, guys. So glad you joined us. Rethinking God with Tacos. You can find me, Jason Clark, online at afamilystory.org, where I encourage you to sign up on our mailing list. We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at Jason Clark is I'm on Instagram under the same handle and you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah. And my name is Derek Turner, Jason, and I love that you're listening to us. Thank you for all your feedback. Please write in, let us know what's going on in your life. But, uh, we are pursuing a mission to help people rethink God. And we thank you for being a part of it. Uh, you can find me at, Pastor Derek T on all the socials. And then, of course, I pastor a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina called River Church, rivercharlotte.com. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. Hey, make sure and like, share, and throw a review out there. Let people know. We love good reviews on the podcast it helps people find us that's right so if this isn't a podcast that you enjoy <laughs> then please promote it share it give it a good five-star rating i like that that's a good idea hey love doing this journey with you praying grace and wonder over you today <laughs>